The Anfield Wrap, brought to you by High Street Solicitors, a one-stop shop for all your legal needs. Call us now on 203 1268. Bayern Munich, eh? All the best. This is the Anfield Rap City Talk 105.9. Neil Atkinson facing Gareth Roberts, Mike Gerling and Steve Graves. Lovely to be back atop the tower. Uh, we're going to go more into the Manchester United versus Liverpool in a second and then we're going to have a look ahead to Cardiff. Opening question, though, comes from someone called Andy Fisher. Thanks, Andy. Uh, he didn't really bother much, Andy. He just went to our favourite London club, favourite Midlands club, etc. Um, so it's favourite London club, favourite Midlands club, favourite North East club and uh, favourite Middle and Nowhere club. You could almost take Andy Heaton's job with that, etc. Um, Steve Graves favourite London club it's tempting to say someone like Leighton Orient or something but it feels like that's cheating so um, I'll say Spurs Spurs are your favourites yeah well they've got a, a quite a unique place in history with the 61 team and I like that kind of thing Okay, so, um, I like that. Gareth Roberts' favourite London club. I'm cheating and saying Leighton Orient. Uh, <laughs> be, because I, I like the name and I like the fact that a smaller football team survives in London around all those big giants. I like the Brisbane Road thing as well. I, I, I like the why it get, sounds good, I like but that it does. And, and West Ham are like, trying to bully them and stuff, it feels like anyway. So um, I, I'm I'm with them. I, I actually fancy, I've, I've always fancied going to one of their games for some odd reason anyway. So that's, that's uh, me. You two go together, write about it with the magazine, do it on expenses. Mike Gerling, <laughs> uh, favourite London club. These two have ruined it for me. I was going to say Leighton Orient. Was your second choice Spurs? <laughs> no, but I was going to say Orient as well because of the name. Who's called Orient? That's, mm. that's yeah, great. It's a great name. Um, but then I thought West Ham, but then you ruined West Ham for me, saying West Ham are going to bully them. But no, I'm going to stick with West Ham. They're the great set of lads down there. Mine's Charlton Athletic. Uh, Mike, you can go first on this one. Favourite Midlands? Uh, Port Vale. Because I can't stand anything to do with Birmingham, and I don't like Nottingham Forest, and Derby irrelevance, and Stoke are Stoke, so it's going to be Port Vale. Uh, Gareth Roberts. I'm having Aston Villa, because uh, there's loads of scousers who had a game for them and are involved in their history, so they're almost scouts. <laughs> okay, Steve Graves, <laughs> apart, apart from having ambition in that. Uh, <laughs> Steve Graves. Mike's taking mine this time, um, so I suppose <sighs> Birmingham? I don't know. You think it's really bad? Mike's taking mine. Okay, yeah. uh, I'm going to go Derby County on that one. Favorite northeast club, Steve Graves. You went first on the first one. Gareth Roberts. Yeah, I'm going to say Sunderland just because uh, I know a lot of good lads who support them, and I know the lad who uh, produces the fanzine. Uh, I love Supreme, which is an excellent fanzine. So for that reason, ALS, ALS, uh, Mike Gelling. Uh, Blythe Spartans <laughs> <laughs> the greatest name in football and so for that reason they win hands down uh, Steve Graves I don't care about having the same one it's definitely Sunderland it's obviously Sunderland, Sunderland. The, Bank, the Bank of England club it's, it's as they were now actually I went onto Blythe Spartans website to do a bit of research <laughs> oh yeah Yeah. I, I <laughs> as Gareth Roberts would say don't throw it away early <laughs> I, I, no I clicked under the history there's nothing there it's have they got their page. own website or oh, one yeah, of them like nah. picture it's a completely kind of... blank website <laughs> Uh, okay, last one. Favorite middle of nowhere club, middle of nowhere. Uh, mine's Oxford United. Steve Graves. Um, Yeovil. Like it. Yeah. Shout. Um, Mike Gerling. Queen of the South. Solid. Oh, yeah. Accrington Stanley. I like the uh, Accrington Stanley. In Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love the fact that Steve's vaguely gutted over Queen of the South and not having taken it up. Stenhouse nice <laughs> Mule. Um, all right, then we're going to do something mildly philosophical because I like to do that every now and again. It goes like this. this the name of this podcast should be The Curious Case of Brendan Rodgers and the Circular Journey. Uh, let me read some quotes out from yesterday uh, from Brendan Rodgers, not from anyone else. It's good for the supporters to dream. It's great pride for them to see their players represent the shirt so well, not the weight of the shirt. It was Manchester United's ground with most of their supporters, but it was our ball and our game. We're one of the world's biggest clubs, so when we play, we play with dominance. Um, Gareth Roberts... 
for long stretches of the game against Manchester United, um, it was an example of playing the football that the manager spoke about upon his arrival at Anfield. We've come a long way round to get back to this point. Yeah, we have, and it, and, it, and it's great. I mean, um, I, I, I went last week, and I would rank that as probably, if not the best away game I've ever been to, certainly among the top three. Um, I thought we were brilliant, and, and I, th- I think Everton coming out of the manager now is spot on. I think you know the way he sets up the team, the way he's motivated the team, what he says about the team, but also like some of them quotes you've, you've read out there. I, I think Rogers has understood from the start, and perhaps now people are starting to believe him that you know the manager of Liverpool Football Club has got to give the fans a real pride in the club. He's got to act like more more of a leader than a manager, if you like, and I, I think that's I, I think that. Is very special to Liverpool, really. I don't. I don't think that's necessarily the case with some other clubs, and I think Rodgers has really grown into the role. And um, I, I, I almost, uh, I almost said I love the fella. Then <laughs> <laughs> Steve Graves, I think on the first one, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by these quotes almost one of the time, one at a time. It's great pride for them to see the players represent the shirt so well. When he first arrived, he would speak about the weight of that shirt, and now he's very comfortable talking about exactly how the extent to which the players are more than able to take the weight. Yeah, and it's easy to be cynical, and I guess people people have been about these kind of pronouncements, but they are they are fundamentally why we like football, I suppose. And um, when you when you say them from a position of strength, they sound they sound an awful lot better. But they've been it basically has been consistent throughout um, in having this kind of rhetoric, and you sort of can see it as a lived thing. In that there's a sense that the players do seem to feel that and do seem to have something about them, some kind of awareness of of how lucky they are and how how important it is to to other people as well I think as well as to them it's um, you know the next one down there it's Manchester United's ground and most of their supporters but it's our ball and our game Um, it's interesting he specifies both ball and game Mike because Liverpool didn't just simply try and control possession they were also able to control the game whilst Manchester United had the ball it's as I keep saying it you know it's been a long journey there it's been Mm. an odd journey this was originally he tried to institute this straight away at first do you know what? I don't think it's been that long, to be fair to him. You know, he's only been here one and a half seasons, so he's got here a lot, and he's where we are in the league is a lot quicker than any of us here would have imagined. I, I doubt any fan imagined where we are right now. Um, and it, and in terms of the circular journey, and I know where you're coming from, but it's 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 a realization really of what he wants from the team. What he was talking about early early on in his tenure, what he wanted the team to do, he couldn't. There wasn't enough time. There wasn't enough time on the training ground. There wasn't enough players to get that to make that happen. But it is starting to happen now, and I just think everybody in the club is growing. Everybody on the playing side of the club is growing into their role, and he's his pronouncements now are actually. He hasn't been saying these kind of things all along for me. He's more bullish now. You know, he's saying he never would have said that about Man United going to Man United last year, for instance. Yeah. But he's he can say that now, and he's confident, and it's and it's what we want to hear. It's what we need to hear. It's what a previous incumbent in his job didn't understand in terms of what the fans need to hear and dream and dream. You know about so um, yeah. Everybody. All right it's, now it's also though. It, it's also something that the man in the other dugout last Sunday doesn't understand. I mean, <laughs> David Moyes said before a ball was even kicked that Liverpool were favourites. Yeah, and that was ridiculous. Well, it's a classic. It's a, it's a mirror. They're they're to me they're experiencing a mirror image of what we had. Yeah, he's Hodgson light. He is. Yeah. yeah. 
I think it's. Uh, I think he is Hodgson light. It's. It reminds me, Steve, of another quote that uh, the, the manager came out with before he was even Liverpool manager. Uh, that the difficulties of building the plane was flying the plane. Uh, that was there as well. This is again. You know, he's been flying the plane. I think that maybe we've had the triumph of pragmatism, and maybe the triumph of the triumph of pragmatism has come through as well from the from the whilst he's been Liverpool manager. The first five games aside, there's been constant growth, constant <coughs> improvement. It very much is this, just this rhythm of of of. of of the the plane has never hasn't always been perfect. It still isn't perfect now. But every single time you have a look at it, there's something else being built on. Yeah, and when he came in, he he instantly sort of transformed the 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 amount of times we lost games um, over that um, over the period. You, know, we, you you often talked about that one in three. Um, the previous three seasons, lost. Liverpool have lost one yeah. in three. We stopped losing quite so much, and there were game. There were lots and lots of hiccups along the way, and there were there were games when things just didn't look didn't look like they they were coming together at all. But he was he was embracing that kind of pragmatism, and then you saw the sort of second half of last season with two very pragmatic signings in Storage and Coutinho. Um, one of whom you could never have imagined. I don't, don't, to be honest, I don't think even he and, and the people involved in this the signing could have known he could have been as good as he has been. The yeah, fundamentally a player who who gave you you could see the results that he immediately would give you. Um, the fact that he's given us so much more this season is 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 remarkable, and that's a testament to Rogers as well. But he's he he embraced both what was there, and then he he brought in players who who address specific problems in the, in the squad. Um, and I, I think, as you say, yeah, he embraced, he embraced things as he went along, rather than um, it's not being this this there's this ideal, and we've we've you know slowly progressed towards it. He's embraced other things along the way in order to get him to give him buy him the time and the political capital, and I suppose the year of some of the players to persuade him towards where we're getting towards. I think I think what's interesting though is talking about pragmatism and that and that and that he's sort of gone full circle. In a way, I think Rogers hasn't changed because I think from day one. He said he wanted to play entertaining football and score goals, and that's what we've done all along. He's achieved that in different ways, yeah, and he's used different formations. We've gone more direct at times, things like that. But but he's always talked about being entertaining and always talked about scoring goals, and so of FSG. And I think that's really interesting. That it's almost that when when he had his interview for the job, like that was part of what got him the job. That he said, "I'm I'm not I'm not going to just win games. I'm going to entertain." Well, the I, had, crowd. I, had, I had a different panel, and I asked this question. It's a slight tangent. It's not on the phone. The pieces of paper in front of you, um, and I asked this question: Do you think there's been a decision made either by by Rogers or by people within the club or, or a combination of the two to say the way in which we leapfrog ahead? is by being the team most able to put the ball in the back of the net. And we've got this fella, he wears number seven, and we've got this other fella, and he wears number 15. And you think that, you know, because it was interesting, the manager was saying when we spoke to him at the start of the season, we were lucky enough to speak to him in Australia, he was saying he was looking for 20, 25 mm. more goals. Adding goals, yeah. Adding goals, adding goals, adding goals. That's what the mantra's been all the way through, add more goals. And it is, you know, you look at the league table, and it's paid dividends, Gareth. Do you think that this is just a conscious decision, or do you think it's be, it's, it's coincidence? No, I, I think it's been a conscious decision, definitely. I mean, I, I think we've had, you know, we've had managers like Rafa and Julio, who they really were pragmatic in terms of getting a result, and and they, you know, they were managers who weren't particularly bothered about style at times. They just wanted the result, and I, I think this manager and these owners together have said we want results and goals and entertainment or that if we just get goals results will follow yeah, yeah I think you're absolutely right I think there's I think as a, as a management team which includes the ownership they've 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 said this is our strategy this is the way we're going to do this is where we're, this is how we're going to do 
Um, this is how we're going to leapfrog the teams who are naturally above us. This is how we're going to get um, the young players into the team. This is how we're going to get the most out of the resources that we've got. Do you, and do I think that I think Rogers, therefore, was absolutely essential for that plan for them. But you say that, Mike, but the one thing I'd say there is I certainly agree that Rogers has made that decision. But, for instance, last summer, there was the failure to buy Mkhitaryan, to buy Costa, to buy William, which felt... Not we don't know the for the fact, but that felt like that was on an ownership side. That that decision to add goals is it just him? Is it him and them? Is it more complex than even I'm stating it? I I, I think that's just down to failure in the transfer market. I don't think I don't think there's anything else other than the fact that we couldn't get the deals done for what could have been a variety of reasons. No Champions League football, got didn't negotiate correctly. Whatever that whatever yeah. that is, right? But I don't think is I don't think that shows that the ownership aren't in lockstep with Rogers over the way to move this team forward. I think Mike's right, and he's touched, touched on it. it's, kind of, it's sort of an insurgent sort of strategy. You don't you don't try and mimic what Chelsea do, because in in that case you'll just finish behind Chelsea because you don't have the resources, or you'll finish behind Manchester City because you don't have the resources. You, if you but if you can do something different, and to to get the goals, really, I mean, the goals have come more more from around the team than that. I think it's exaggerated the extent to which they've just come from two players, but. You don't need that many players to to become a really really frightening team in terms of scoring goals. You don't need that. It's it's like the old piano quote, you know, three to play it or whatever it, and, it is. That and you, everyone has to carry it. Yeah. Well, I mean, on the everyone has to carry it from Gareth. I mean, you mentioned that being at the United game. How business like was that Liverpool side? That's the big thing I took from that game. You know, no one got sucked into any nonsense. There was maturity and self awareness. There was the there was the assurance of we are going to go on and win this game. As soon as the ball, the game kicked off, as soon as it settled down after five minutes, I thought I couldn't see any outcome that wasn't a Liverpool win. Yeah, and that was that was astonishing to see they they had you know it felt like it was going to take something equivalent to the ball bouncing off the balloon in Sunderland to to distract them and disturb them. Yeah, it. it, it I think business likes a good way to describe it. I, I thought that uh, you know the whole Liverpool end as well felt very calm. It was almost everyone was like you know we are going to win today, and there was a real confidence and. You know, and conversely as well, from from Manchester United team and fans, there was a real nervousness. Um, I mean, I got down there early <coughs> and um, spoke to our old friend Steve Armstrong for a bit while he was yeah. selling uh, United We Stand. And um, as he's selling the fanzines, the United fans are walking up and he'd, he'd say to them, how do you think we get on today as he's selling the fanzine? And every single one was nervous. They were shaking. They looked scared. And... You know that's great to see as a Liverpool fan that we're, 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 that's that's what how we're making other teams feel now, and I think the team knows that as well. The fans know that, and and that's all coming together in in beautiful arrogance, as Brendan said in the week. Neil, you you used to say you used to do them um, before a match when we started watching matches together. Who is the you'd look at the eleven and look at who is most likely to score and go down. Yeah, to sort of fifth. Do you bother anymore? No, no. No, I used to always. I used to basically go. I'd be concerned if, for instance, I'm looking at I'm looking at an eleven, and I've got to, like a number four. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, oh, that Glenn Johnson number five or something, and thinking that they're the most likely ones. And now, no, at, at no point do I think do I think where are the goals coming from? You relax and presume that the goals are coming. I think you mentioned it before, Mike. You know, you mentioned saying it's 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 not quite. You know, it, it feels like a long time while as it's going through, but it's not that long. I think it's interesting, sort of in the middle ground between yours and Steve's points. You know. The manager couldn't go out and buy finished article players. Mm. You've seen that in, in the vast majority of the transfers that we've been able to make. He hasn't bought vast major- finished article players. Yeah. He's had to hone them on the tra- on, on the training yeah. ground, and that's what comes through at the moment. So many of these players now very much feel like his the product, Mike, of what he does. I just think everybody's buying into Brendan Rodgers right now at Liverpool. Everybody, and I think maybe some of the the most senior pros. 
maybe it did take them a season to go, you know, look, they've had a few managers in the last, you know, five, six years to think, you know, who is this guy? And But I just think now the young players obviously adore him. He's getting position, he's getting performances out of them that you would expect from a, a signing that was 10 million plus out of guy, kids that have come through the, through, the, through the youth system. You know, some of the most senior pros, that they're playing better than they've played in a long, long time. But is it, it's not about individuals for me. It's the whole team. The whole team operates as an effective unit and it looks the best team in the league. Not necessarily a team with the best individuals, but the best collective team in the week, in the league. Sorry, And uh, I think everybody knows that now and that is why we're arrogant. That's why we go into games with so much confidence. I think we've got the best spirit in, in the team, in, yes. the, in the league. I, I can't see yeah. anyone else that look, looks the same way when they're going out on the pitch. I think what's what's interesting in this, Steve, is you know you said you can't just we can't just say we're going to go and do what Chelsea do. We're not. We can't just go and do what Manchester City do. We had to we had to find our own path through this. And with the that and that's still not going to be an option. That's not going to be an option next summer. It's not going to be an option the summer after. You know we've got to be be open and honest about this. Even 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 if things go be as good as if not beyond our wildest dreams, that option's still not going to be there. It is this idea of trying to genuinely get those players and repeatedly improve them as individuals. The manager mentioned it this week, but it's that that matters. He talks about coaching almost every week. You know, he enjoys coaching and he enjoys, he's taking players, you know, people people question, say, oh, well, he didn't rate Henderson, you know, he was happy for him to go. But it's absolutely such a testament to both of them that that relationship is, is you know, the best in, in either of their, one of the best well, in either of their professional presence. lives. He's absolutely an ever-presence. And, and not, I mean, not even, I wouldn't say, an improved player in some ways, in the sense that he hasn't remodelled his game. He hasn't. He's just harnessed the things he's really good at, and and matured into into what he can do. And, and the same with players like Sterling. You know, everything that Sterling you could, everything that you could see that was embryonic in Sterling is coming out now at at, at an elite level, rather than just in in flashes. And um, it, it, when you all over all over the side, and players, you know, players he's inherited, players he's brought in, players he might not have, have been in the top five, six that he wanted to be recruited. All of them, really, um, he, he's he's done something with. In, in all this, Gareth, is there is there a counterintuitive element? But what what we saw at Manchester United, if you can't buy the polished, the finished article, then you work with the players that you've got, and you get the right players in with the right attitude to be able to work with. That's what you do. Is there a count? You know, is there a counterintuitive point there that you use your weaknesses as strengths? Similarly, you know, I'm not I'm not entirely convinced with what we're doing at the back. Well, let's just forget about that to a certain extent then, and let's just decide that we're going to blast people away. Let's make that decision after we see what we can do at the back end of last season at Newcastle. Let's make that decision in com- in conjunction with the ownership and say. You might not get, for instance, a controlling machine, but what you are going to get is we're going to go hard and heavy on the entertainment and the ball's going to be put in the back of the net. Is this Liverpool side almost like, and it's odd to say this of the something like the 12th richest club in the world, but given what it's up against, is it almost like a guerrilla outfit that's saying, well, we might not be X, we might not be Y, but therefore we're going to make sure we're absolutely brilliant at Z? Yeah, and I think he, I think that is, is very much something Brandon will be saying to the players. I mean, I, I think... Anyone can sit down and say, you know, Chelsea have got a bigger squad, City have got a bigger squad, they've got more money, blah, 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 blah. But you can you, you can turn that round from a negative to a positive almost and say, you know, this is our motivation. Mm. This, 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 we, we, we can go out and compete with these fellas and imagine how annoyed they'll be if we win the league. <laughs> I, I think... And, and it's, that, it's that sort of mentality that you, that you feel about Liverpool now. Like the, the, there's a real momentum now and everyone seems to be pushing in the same direction. You know, and I, I know we're going to talk about Cardiff later, but to just briefly touch on Cardiff, Cardiff at the moment don't feel like a club. 
there's people pulling in different directions everywhere mm. the fans the team the owner yeah and, and at liverpool now for the first time for a long time we feel like a club we feel like everyone is pushing in the same direction and that's massive yeah um i was going to say that i think you can turn in negatives into positives a lot of other teams have got massive squads and we in our past have had massive squads and i happen to think that that can be detrimental to team spirit in many ways you're going to get players who aren't playing you're going to get players who are not really they shouldn't be at a team because they're a club because they're maybe not that good and they're stopping young players maybe get natural progression I, I, I think Rogers' ethos and the way he uses youth and the fact that we have not got the biggest budget in the world to buy a load of players is actually working in our favour and we've got a very tight-knit unit of about 16 players who look like they die for each other right now yeah. and that's basically that's, that's we're going to the pitch with that and no other team has that I think that's interesting Steve and I think it's interesting in the context of there's two aspects of it that intrigue me one is the way in which he's treated for instance Wisdom and I players of whom you might have said don't go on loan, lads. You'll get games here. But instead, the bigger picture's being acknowledged. Let's send them out on loan. Let's get them going and get regular football somewhere else. It's a good level. It's a good club. Like Derby County, the best team in the Midlands. Uh, but, you know, there's also the manager's going out of his way to pay testament to... I mean, you've noticed he's done it twice specifically recently with Aspas to say the way in which he's thrown himself into into this dynamic. Mm-hmm. Almost as though, you know, he's, he's happy... He's, he's That the manager hugely respects the fact that the player knows he's not going to get on the pitch and yet his professionalism is work rate and the fact that he's clearly become part of this group I mean he's in all the photos <laughs> yeah you can see you can see it from him and and a lot of the players who are, who are, who are on the fringe and I mean it is it is a little bit chicken and egg because were we not playing particularly well and some of these players don't get in you know it's probably harder to keep them happy but it, it it's kind of inarguable and I think even even Yago Aspas wouldn't argue that he should be playing ahead of um, storage and Suarez, you know, it, it just fundamentally um, winning. Winning is a massive salve for everything. Um, but the youngsters thing is massive as well. You know, I, I think it's been superb how, yeah. how Flanagan's turned it round. And you know, when you've got a scouse lad in the first team playing as well as he is, that's going to be with such composure. I always point out this, but with such composure, yeah. like oh. if, he, if he if he was an overseas import, people would be going get on this lad. He's, he's not got a limited, such composure. Yeah, he's not a limited player. He's going past three, four players, he, mm. and I think he'll start adding goals to his game soon as well. He's he he already has scored. That's what I mean. And I, I think if he gets in the box more often, he will do again. I think he's got a lot to his game that he isn't given mm. credit for. But I just think having a scouse lad like that in the first team regularly now. Is, is huge for the academy, is huge for the city. It's just a massive boost. You know, you look at it now and you think, you'll have lads there like Rossiter and stuff like that who think, you know, I can get in the first team, I'll, I will get a chance on the Brendan Rodgers. This is another thing which is absolutely unique and I don't think we thought we'd ever see this. Brendan Rodgers started that game with seven British players against Man U on Sunday. You've got a British manager and seven British players. I, I honestly don't think I ever was going to see that again, playing for Liverpool going back, you know, the last 10, 12 years. That's amazing. It's it's and it's fantastic for what he's doing for the local community as well. That you know people can, as Gareth says, they can see a way through. And the other thing was where he played Sterling. He played Sterling in the most important position on the pitch. Mm. He had to do the most um, ten, uh, tactically disciplined job at the, at the apex of that midfield. And he's one of his youngest players. And he had the bravery to test that the week before, which is just is is incredible, really, when you consider that you know at one nil. He, he throws him in and, and says, "Let's see what see what happens here." And it, you know, th- that that's a mark of the confidence, but also his um, his understanding, I, I guess, of the, the flow of a game that, that he, he knew that was that he, was going to work. He's challenging this mantra all the time as well that that English players aren't technically good. As that was well. my point. That was the whole point. Yeah, yeah. seven yeah. of them starting, and someone like Flanagan yeah. is it gives the light to that completely. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, then I was worried initially that this year was a massive chance that might not be repeated. Uh, and I've now flipped my opinion completely to believe in this side and squad can genuinely grow, grow, grow and challenge for many a year. Uh, after the break, we're going to talk about this year's title race, though, because my word, we are right in it. The Anfield Wrap on City Talk 105.9. It is the Anfield Rap City Talk 105.9. Uh, we're going to talk now about the title race. As I said just before the break, it is here, it is now, and we are in it. This was never willed into being. This was never willed into being. What was willed was the idea that Liverpool should take themselves more seriously. It was the importance of this sentence, why not us? It's been the sentence that everyone with any sense has been saying right the way through the season, why not us? City can't win away. Why not us? Chelsea don't look like they've got goals in them. Why not us? Uh, Gareth Roberts, I think that now everybody is pretty much on board. Why not us? Yeah, exactly. Why not us? Um, I mean, I, I think the I think the reason people haven't been saying why not us is just just because of all the years of so close yet so far that we've had all the all the false dawns, the different managers and so on. And I think that sort of gets you in a mindset and gets you in a place where you find it hard to jump on board, something like this. But now, you know, where we are now and the stage of the season we're at and the football we're playing, the goals we're scoring, it's absolutely impossible not to say why not us because there isn't another team in the league that's convincing. So, you know, why not us? Exactly. And, um, you know, you talk to, I, I talk to other fans quite a lot of work in Manchester <laughs> and I can, I can see the fear in Man City fans' eyes. They're not walking around that confident and they've got the best, you know, arguably the best squad, the biggest squad, but they're not... They're not confident. They know they feel like there's a slip up around the corner. And I just say, yeah, D. Michaelis, lad, every time one of them says we're going to win the league. So, yeah, but D. Michaelis has got, got a better squad got, than you. Yeah, but you're playing D. Michaelis. You're playing D. Michaelis. And he's going to fall over again. He's going <laughs> to he's going to handball it again. He's going to give a penalty away again. Tell me he's not. And they look at me and go, uh, do you want a cup of tea? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's how Gareth Roberts is getting all of his teammates at the moment in Manchester. Uh, Mike Gerling, why not us? There's, there's no one else as likely as we are right now. Um, I don't think, as Gareth said, there, there are there are other squads with, which are bigger and better than us. But it's 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 all about time and your run. And we've been tucked in quite handily now since Christmas on the shoulder. It's like it's like a five thousand meter race. We're tucked in on the shoulder, and the final bend's coming up. And we are just starting to put. We've just put five wins together, right? So, it's mm. it's it's the best run. It's the best run of form in the league. It's it's round about now where you're going to make your break. If we can if we can keep going now, got to get the result on Sunday, and then we could quite easily find ourselves at the top of the league by this time next week. Uh, Steve Graves, what strikes me as interesting is that I think the first side this season who said why not us were Arsenal. Arsenal's still very much in this. People are, are, are you know, it's interesting the way in which the bookmakers' odds have ended up going considering the level on points with us. Mm. But they very much said early in the season, they looked around, they looked at Manchester City, they looked at Chelsea, they looked at Manchester United, they looked at the insecurity that was rattling right the way through the division, and they went, why not us? You know, we can't count them out. We, we can't. If, if they get through this period um, of all these tough games and are still pretty much, pretty much in it, then they've got a nice little run and you would... You would say why not them? Other than other than it's the goals, and I think everything in my head just comes back to goals at the minute. Um, you know the, the problem Chelsea have got is that they they don't score enough. They don't put games beyond doubt. They don't put them to bed. They let sides back into games, or they they find themselves getting stung late in games. Um, partly down to to their their legs on Saturday, and also their in, own indiscipline as well. Um, we also look like a very disciplined side. I think that's that's something that probably goes a bit un- overlooked. That while we're playing with this kind of passion and momentum, we're not flying into crazy tackles. We're not doing rash things. We're not giving we're, away we're penalties. We're not getting tackling. red cards. Yeah, we're not really bothering with tackling. 
Would you, um, we just take the ball off the opponent? Nick it away. Yeah, or just wait wait for them to just give it surrender Strong in the end. The Welsh Javi. Uh, the, lad, the, lad the lad loves a tackle from behind that you can never get booked for or even mm-hmm. give a foul away. It's, it's an astonishing thing. Arsenal are very much in this, aren't they, Mike? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. the, the, it's a kind last five games. It's tough before yeah. then. The one thing you'd say is that if, you know, it, it, you're now at the point in the season where the, the one slip-up or two slip-ups, mm-hmm. certainly, if you have two slip-ups across eight games, then that's, you know, that's, 20, <clears throat> that's 25% of your games now. That's where we are. If this continues to contract at the top and it mm-hmm. becomes that sprint to the finish, that one misstep, you know, to extend the metaphor mm. is more and more costly it's not 2,000 metres gone it's 4,000 yeah. yeah, 4,600 yeah. well we've got nine games left but um, it, yeah you're right the, the, it is a four way race this and I, I can't even remember when the last time that happened in, in the league so I mean I hate to say it for the neutral because who cares about the neutral but it's very exciting for them um, but I I think with the, I, I can't see any team going unbeaten to the end of the season I hate to say it but, and the other thing I always think is I'm a real one game at a time exponent. I only like looking at our next game. I think you can get too carried away. But I always do look at the other team's next fixtures <laughs> you know, to see what they've got coming up. But as far as, I'm just trying to focus on Cardiff right now and I don't want well, to think any more than that well this is this is interesting because you know we can look at the fixtures and we all we like and we can talk about easy run-ins we can say that City have got it tough as possibly Gareth we can say that Arsenal wants to get past this rocky period they've got a quite straightforward last five but Chelsea go to Villa and they drop all three points you exactly. know it's uh, this is you and know, the discipline was all over and, the and, shop and as Steve said the discipline was absolutely all over yeah. the shop it is this you know it's a lot of it's going to come down to. I think, I hope it's going to come down to who holds the nerve best and, yeah. and, and and who can put the ball in the back of the net the most. And that's if that is the case, then you do suspect it'll suit Liverpool. Absolutely. And and the other thing, the other thing that I think is important at the moment is you look at the other teams that we're, we're competing about, competing with, and we're talking about. To me, at the moment, if you, I'm obviously biased, but I don't see how you stop Liverpool anymore. I, I always used to watch us and think, well, all you do to stop us is X, Y, Z. But now I, I, I don't know, and I don't think any manager knows how. You're to watching stop us every week, yeah. And I, <laughs> but I honestly don't don't see because we we're changing our formations. There's yeah. so many different mm-hmm. players who are in form. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got threats all over the pitch. You know, people are trying to kick Suarez out of games, and it's not working because we've got other threats. Mm. And and so it's not as simple as just stopping one or two players, which used you know when we had uh, Stephen and and Fernando Torres, everyone used to say, well, stop them two and that's it, you stop Liverpool. I don't think that's the case at the moment, and I don't think teams know how to handle us. But what my point as well is, you look at those other teams and you think, well, Arsenal still don't like the physicality, so so they can be stopped that way. Chelsea lose the discipline. City, the managers, the manager player dynamic still doesn't look right. You know, the, mm. there seems to be problems among the, all them other clubs that I'm obviously looking for, and, and we're great. <laughs> <laughs> City, I mean, City, the unspoken force in this, Steve. You know, we're not because they've got the games in hand rather than the points on the board, and the, the, they've got tough games, but they've also clearly got the ability. They're the ones who, you know, if you talk about what what Liverpool can do, City look like they can do that as well. You know, they look like they could put the put the, put, put the foot down in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net. I think they're so hugely reliant on Aguero in terms of what he can bring to them, and, and obviously he's had a, a, a patchy season in terms of his fitness. Um, Yaya Torre has. He has three brilliant games and, and then one where he, he may as well not turn up. And I think they've got a number of players like that and a number of players for whom this maybe doesn't matter quite as much as as ours. And I think that ultimately may may well be a, a, a big factor. You know, I think I don't ever think that footballers don't necessarily try. I think that's something that people 
sort of like to imagine because I like to get on football's back sometimes. Sometimes, but I think that extra couple of percent, those marginal gains that that some that you get from really, really wanting it. I think we we're the ones who look like we've got it and we've got that momentum. I think I it. think that the one thing I would say about City though, I, I think the the form of Silver's worrying. Yeah, because uh, but then a, but then we 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 thought that about Schurler at Chelsea. You know, suddenly yeah. looked like he flowered into form, and then and then he's back on the yeah. bench. And mm-hmm. you, you know, you can you can build people up to be sort of monsters in your head because they have a decent game, and these these are good players, and they're going to have good games. Um, but then we've got really yeah. good ones as well. As have the player size that they'll be playing against. We talk about we talk about how many you know how many games do we think we'll win between now and the end of the season? Well, I, I fancy City to get eight or nine. If you see what I mean, so they're going to look great at some mm-hmm. point. But the point being is, if we can keep our momentum going and mm-hmm. we can only control what we do, how important is the squad is at this stage, Mike? I think the squad is massively important if you get injuries and I'm touching Woody as um, much as you can, because that's the only. That's the thing for us that we have to worry about, I think. It's not about form. We've got the momentum. We've got the players. It's injuries. Um, we've been pretty fairly lucky. Not 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 as lucky as people have made out, because obviously we missed Sturridge for quite a while. We missed Gerrard for a long time as well. And, you know, we did we, we coped We've had issues admirably. with Enrique. Suarez. We've had issues with Aga. We've had issues with Saka. We Suarez. had started with Suarez. Suarez. It wasn't an injury, but he <laughs> it's not. I can't count that as an injury. But he wasn't there, was he? Yeah, no, but it wasn't an injury, mate. Um, I know, but it'd be the same effect as if he were injured. Uh, so, play. you know, that's just it. If we, you know, towards the end of the season, we could... We got to be. If we keep clean on, you know, on that front, no injuries. Then, well, we're in, the we're squad in wise, I don't think we've got any issues in terms of who plays. Because I think what we've got right now is a system, and I think we can move players in and out of it. And I think the system works. The system, he can, he can change the system, and it works. And the players are bought into it. And I think that's what, at the moment, is putting us up above everybody else. We're in a position where if you is is four best attacking players. You can you could lose one and reshape it without necessarily having to directly replace because then you can drop one of the midfielders back in and 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 he's also with Lucas coming back he's got a bit more flexibility in terms of where he can how, what midfielders he can use and in what kind of combination um, you know it, it's it's really encouraging that we can see Sturridge uh, sorry Sterling or Coutinho on the bench rather than having to have everything on the pitch which he talked about um, I can't remember which game it was but it was a game when we were particularly flat and he talked about you know. Because Coutinho was injured at the time, you know, we, when we don't have our best players like him available, we we just can't do it. He almost said, um, and uh, we've we've gone beyond that point, and that's really good. Um, is everyone enjoying it? Absolutely, loving it. Are we all enjoying it? Yeah. I've been enjoying it. All You've been enjoying it all the way. You've yeah. been enjoying it all the way. I think that it's great. I think it's it's the most enjoyable thing in the world. Probably from Mignolet's penalty save. It's I've all about the penalty it. save. We all know it's all about the penalty save. It's 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 been the most enjoyable thing in the world. It's going to continue oh, yeah. to do so. <laughs> I don't like this. Uh, this I'm scared. I don't like this looking away. Nah. I don't like this nervousness. Forget that. If you're not in it for this, then you're not in it for anything. Uh, it is a joy to be alive at the moment, supporting Liverpool Football Club. And we're going to talk after the break about Cardiff City versus Liverpool. The Anfield Wrap on City Talk 105.9. It is the Anfield Rhapsody to corner 5.9. Tomorrow, uh, Satan Snod's 12 till 2 on uh, Radio City. Then uh, they're going into coverage from 2 till about 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock of Liverpool on City and Everton on City Talk. If you can't get near a television uh, to watch either of those games illegally or you're not going to them, there you are then. Um, okay. <laughs> Um, Liverpool, Cardiff City versus Liverpool then uh, Steve I've seen a little bit of Cardiff normally I don't get to see sides really I, I, I act like I know what I'm talking about where the football's concerned and I rip people off but um, it's, they really don't seem to have settled on a shape on a side on anything since Solskjaer's arrived he's a fella thrashing around in, in, in the hope of coming onto an idea yeah they're, they're, they're really weird um, they, all, they all seem to have been sort of buoyed by, by having him coming in 
um, even though they they promised all kinds of dark things were Marky Mackay to be sacked. Um, it's like they sort of mollified them, and they've just been in this kind of sort of sleepwalking towards relegation kind of mode for for quite a while without ever quite somehow they've managed to lose lots of games and still not be sort of cut adrift um, from from everyone else. Yeah. Um, they don't have a shape. He doesn't really know whether he wants to play Kenwin Jones or not. Um, he's kind of settling on the fact that he probably needs to. Um, but individually, they've got one or two quite good players. Well, and I Col- think that's... Colker's highly rated, Gareth, uh, if you believe the rumours, not least by us. He has occasionally played three at the back. It could be something he might look at to deal with, you know, um, Sturridge and Suarez, the, the, that threat. The goalkeeper seems to like a save. <laughs> he looked excellent against Everton he's last good. week. Yeah, he does look good. He looks like he knows what he's about. You know, they, 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 they are bottom of the league. They do look slightly in disarray. But, you know, it, it, the manager says that the Liverpool have made Cardiff the world this week. Um, they need to do so, don't they? I mean, it's got to be treated with the utmost seriousness. Yeah, of course it has. I think I think any game this this time of the season against the club down there, you, you have to you have to give them some respect because you know it's the the old cliche about fighting for their lives and all the rest of it. And I, I and I, I suspect that what Solskjaer would probably say to the players is this is almost a, a bonus game for them. You know, th- this isn't one that they'd be targeting to win. You know they've got. I think they've got Fulham coming up, and they've got other. You they've know, got West Brom and Palace. I think yeah. all in the next three so, or four. So they've got they've got you know ultimately more winnable games than than us coming up, and you would think that would be where they would really be looking to win. I, I think tomorrow, obviously, they're going to attempt to win, mm. but I don't think um, you know. I think if we grab an early goal, I think their heads will go down, and I would expect us to go on and win comfortably. Mike, I think Solskjaer would love to do a favour for his, his old boss, wouldn't he? You know. He'd, He'd be on. The, he, he, no doubt, he's been on the phone to him this week, trying to t- tell him what he thinks he should do in this game. Like, but I just hope Liverpool, and I think they will approach this like they would any like like the Man U game, like any other now, you know, with with total aggression in terms of getting the result um, and professionalism, um, re- not taking the foot off the throat, and re- you know, really looking to punish any team that they, dares play them as much as possible. Well, what's interesting as well is, is what, as I was saying earlier about how fractured the club is at the moment. There's actually a, a fans protest uh, tomorrow before the game, and then part of the plan protest is that they carry it on into the ground after so many minutes. I think it's after about 19 minutes. Um, so you know, over the change in the colour of the kit, Vincent Tan and all the rest of it. So you know, I don't think that helps. I, I think um, you know when when we were protesting against mm. our owners. I don't think that it made for a good atmosphere in the ground at the time. And I think when things start to go wrong on the pitch, mm. you then start to look towards the owner and, think... and there's a whole cloud of negativity. So with all that in mind, as I say, I think if we can go there and we're professional and we get an early goal, which we've been brilliant at getting early goals all season, I think that heads will go down and we'll go on. The big problem you've got with a with squad like theirs when... And it must be a, it must be very hard. Is when you sort of appeal to passion. There's a large number of players for whom it's hard to know why they would have any passion because they they either they either go down and have to release a lot of these players. For example, like the, the right back they brought in, Theophile Caterine, who's is a reasonable right back. Um, but it, so they go down, he'll probably get released because they can't afford to to keep hold of him, or they stay up and he's, they're likely to try and improve on him anyway. It it, it 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 must be quite difficult, but then equally, you know, 17 teams do stay up, so... Mm. People, people are solving that problem. Yeah, <laughs> people are, are managing to do that. It's yeah. a mess of Brendan Tan's making all this, but I just, I don't want Liverpool to even be concerned by that. I don't want to even think about well, it. He's, uh, the manager suggested in his comments there, some of which I quoted to start the show, um, Alan starts. 
Uh, would you see a continuation continuation of the same shape, uh, Mike? I think I think the Sterling Coutinho swap could happen in this game. Um, I, I don't think they won't play the same way as United did. Um, and the reason why he played Sterling against United because he knew Moyes' defence had sit deep. Um, so I can see him maybe swapping that one around again, but just, I don't see any reason to change anything for this game. I think the other the other aspect to the Sterling choice was that United were slow on the turn in midfield as well, and Cardiff have got that problem if Medell plays. Um, it, he, many things. He, he was glorious at Anfield. Yeah. He, he's just going to be following Suarez around the pitch, trying to kick him again. Well, I think if you give him the problem of Sterling buzzing around him, then then you you can prevent that to a certain extent and give him give him mm. more problems. He's got an unusual build for a footballer. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. definitely does have an unusual build for a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's quite the build. I mean, I'm, I'm mildly worried about if I was there, if I was to you said before, Gareth, what would you do against us? I'd be looking at certainly if we're going to play this shape. I thought United for 20 minutes, 30 minutes got a bit of joy out of our left hand side because mm-hmm. you know if you're going to play this diamond it relies upon people being able to shut lacrosse quickly and all that sort of stuff if you were to nail outside anyway at the best of times you'd be thinking let's just get it wide against Liverpool and get it in the box and see if we can pick up some bits draw a couple of fouls or that sort of point you know it, we, we can be attacked down there but would you keep the same shape uh, yeah I'd leave it because I didn't see anything at all at Old Trafford wrong I thought everyone had a great game I mean the the only thing Mike's just got me thinking there you know about Coutinho because that that, that would be maybe my only consideration just because you keep Henderson, Allen, Gerrard. Yeah, and if, if Cardiff do what they did at Anfield, although that was under a different manager, they just tried to be organised and just try and stop us for a lot of that game, and it didn't work. And we just moved them about, moved them about, moved them about, and eventually got in behind them and scored. And and I can see maybe the manager thinks you know Coutinho is better at the through ball maybe than than Sterling isn't. So for that reason, That's might, what I was thinking, yeah, yeah, might swap the two round for at that. At Anfield, reason. they played quite a quite a high defensive line. Um, Strikingly so, I thought when you you know and, and they got and that's what got exploited ultimately. That's the thing that we that's the hole that we did pick in them. Um, they do like getting in wide and, and Craig Noon's got reasonable delivery as well on his yeah, on his, right. yeah cutting in um, and and swinging the ball he's in. So local boy isn't he? Yeah, um, Stephen Gerrard's roof, don't you know? Did he? <laughs> Haven't they all? <laughs> yeah, they've all done Gerrard's roof. <laughs> Okay then, so is anyone worried or is everyone just excited? Gareth, you going? Are you excited or worried? I'm just dead, dead excited. You've got to get to watch Brendan Rodgers' Tricky Reds. Exactly. And I'm, you know, not ordinarily coming on here, I would have like, you know, done loads of research on Cardiff and seen how many goals they concede and looked at stats. But I couldn't be bothered because you know what? We can beat anyone at the moment. Where oh, prediction? 4-0 uh, to Liverpool. Uh, Mike Gerling, you're going to get to see Brendan Rodgers' Tricky Reds play football tomorrow. Quick prediction. T- routine 2-0. A routine 2-0. Steve Graves, uh, is there any such thing? Steve Graves, uh, Brendan Rodgers' Tricky Reds, the people's champions, the champions elect. Uh, what's the prediction? 4-1. Okay, 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 okay. This has been the Anfield Wrap this week. Very much hope that you've enjoyed it. You've got all that stuff on City tomorrow. But don't go anywhere. We're back next week with coverage of Liverpool versus Sunderland. The Anfield Wrap, brought to you by High Street Solicitors. Have your will drafted or amended for just £49 plus VAT. Call 203 1268.